0: i back. I know you guys missed me, but since I was God, some good stuff happened. The, the heat went bye-bye.
1: The Rangers went bye-bye.
0: The, the, cane, the, the Canes are uh, back at Christmas now for the KD Canes. Um, You know, the NBA season's done, and I'm back. But this is Sideline Sports. Enough about me, J.B. Ellis, Big Malik, and good old John Shear here. As You know, I love giving him some stuff as we start the program. Good to be back, fellas. Glad to see everybody. Everyone still looks the same. John's got his uh, goatee going. Things Things look normal in the world. Things
2: feel good, man. What's going on,
0: guys? How's everyone doing tonight?
2: I'm having I'm having myself a night. I mean, I'll start the conversation in a minute, but uh, as a Rangers fan, we're having good we're having a good night over here in uh, in these parts.
1: Hey, the Avalanche are doing pretty well, I would say,
2: John. Things are going very right for us, so I'm enjoying it. John, how are you, sir?
1: I'm I'm doing well. The Orioles Go. actually have been playing pretty good baseball. Yeah. Um, I believe Which is there are twenty. 24 and 24 in their last 48, but uh, they've been playing pretty good baseball for a team that only has twenty-nine dollars payroll, you know, John
2: being 24 and 24 in your last 48 games for the Orioles (laughs) truly actually is an accomplishment.
1: Well, I mean, when Garrett, I mean that sincerely when Garrett Cole makes more than your entire team does, (laughs) you know, there's players that make more than your entire roster, (laughs) you know, it's expected that you're not going to be exactly. That's a little bit of a, that makes you happy. No, I mean when you have a $29 twenty-nine million-dollar payroll, and you can, the Orioles I mean, not to go on about mean, the. Sideline Oros, sports
0: say, budget is is almost equal to the Orioles. <laughs> you realize the sideline sports budget is closer to the Orioles than the Yankees budget. Let's keep that in mind.
1: The Orioles have true. competed with every team. In I a- think a- that's Leagues the next commercial
0: year. for sideline sports.
2: What we we our budget's bigger than the Orioles. Yes, but but keep that in mind.
0: Keep in mind that our budget is closer to the Oreo budget.
2: That has. <laughs> I think that's more of a, an indictment on the Orioles than it is on, on anybody I think it's else. an
1: indictment on uh, MLB. They need a salary cap.
2: Oh, well. Just saying. Yeah, but I'll say this. I don't think, at least in my opinion, I don't think even with a salary cap that would affect the Orioles because they'd still be spending, like...
1: Well, you have to spend a certain amount for a salary no, cap. No, <laughs> but
2: what I'm saying is I think you guys would hit that number and you'd be okay. But you'd oh, yeah. just be like right above oh, it. Like if this is this, if this is the floor, you'll be like just just scraping the top of it. You know, just just right above it.
1: Speaking of the AL East, let's talk about the Yankees. JB wanted to sure. talk a little bit about the Yankees. Let's
2: start generally. with that. Tonight's gonna be. So I'm gonna say let's it now. Let's talk about the
0: dominance T- in the AL East.
2: Hold on. Tonight's gonna be a good night for me. Everything is going start. right in that regard. Like sports wise, things are good for me right now. I'm happy. This is gonna be a good night.
0: But let's talk about the fourth best team to ever get to 50 wins, and to be honest, in terms with of starting you guys, I wasn't. Yeah, I would. I was not expecting this. I wasn't expecting them no. to come out and be killers. I don't think that this roster was, you know, anywhere near that. You no, know? I was worried about Toronto. How many games back is Toronto? Uh,
2: last time Maybe I checked, a, which was over the there, weekend, like, an afterthought. But when there I when I looked this weekend back? it was 12 games I think. 12. And they're and they're a good team. Toronto is it's not like uh, oh they're bad. Boston no, played
0: just, themselves.
2: Yeah,
0: well. No, but that just shows how dominant the Yankees are. Yeah. 50 and yeah. 17. <sighs> no, that's I agree. Insanity. That's a 746 win percentage. You know.
1: I mean, yeah, no. the best I mean to have that kind by of record. Far. To have that kind of record through 50 games is just I mean that's insanity for any team. I mean,
2: it, 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 it's funny you guys say that. So I, I, I was, you know, this weekend was Father's Day. So, first of all, to all the fathers out there, Happy Father's Day, everybody. Obviously, that is also to you, John, and also again, <laughs> thank you. John, happy, happy belated birthday. I know I wish you happy birthday as well as JB and all the guys. We all wish you happy birthday, but John, thank birthday you. Is I'm 32 day,
1: so. going on 57 physically.
2: <laughs> so. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, so I was, you know, watching the game with my dad, just hanging out, you know, big Yankees fans in our house. And we were talking about it. And I looked this up, and this is what I found really funny. It, it was just, you know, I got a laugh out of it. So I took the AL Central as my example. Now, the AL Central is not good, but it works for this example, which is the Twins, who are in first place, are 38 and 30. Again, not a good division. I don't know, none of the teams are good, but again, it'll, for the example, it'll work. And the lowest team in that division are the Royals at 24 and 42. They have a 13 game they the Royals are 13 games back though of the first place team. In the AL East, it's the Yankees are so good that the Blue Jays who are 38 and 29 a respectable record as well, not anything to, you know in second place good. Oh well. They are 12 games back of the first place Yankees. So the reason I say that is it is unbelievable how good they've been because what is in one division, the difference between first and last, is in our division, the difference between first and second place. Unbelievable.
1: Jimmy, talk about your Yankees.
2: It, it's pretty
0: special to watch. I mean, you know, it, it judges have having a monster year. You know, Stanton is – So he's due for an injury. He dead All right. Oh, that's that's that. the problem with these guys. Stan the judge – no, you
2: don't know if he he's can right. Stay I healthy, know. If, you
0: know it's it's tough to watch. You know,
2: I you're mean, you know
1: it's coming with Darren Judge. You know it's coming eventually. Well, you know
2: what? Here's the way I see it. This team gets injured so often, but the way they're playing this year, they haven't gotten injured yet. Now that doesn't mean they won't. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah, but they've gotten off to such a hot start that they could easily weather a couple injuries here and there because they've set themselves up to you know. To, to just cruise to the playoffs at this point, if they're just even average in the second half of the season, they've already clinched a playoff spot basically with, you know, with the way they played in this. I this mean, half.
1: also an injury depends on what the injury is and how long it no, is. Course. You know what I mean? Like if Aaron judge yeah. gets hurt in September. No, you know what right. I mean? Like right. that's a big injury because playoffs are right around the corner. If he gets injured John, now it's different.
0: No, John, I listen, right now there's 67 games in, right? And they have 50 wins if they play 500 baseball over the next 80 games, they will have 90 wins with still games to play. Right. So they're well, not, not making the playoffs.
1: I didn't say point. they were.
0: No,
2: I just I, said I, the injury
1: know. is coming I, eventually. No, you're right. Oh, it's well, like, well, like my, Chris my, Paul, my, it always does.
2: We, my we, point listen. was, John, my point was is that we played so well that during the regular season, usually injuries are of concern because it doesn't come when we're playing this well. We're playing yeah. good baseball where we have at this point, you know, close to 40 wins, we're talking you know, like like high thirties, maybe 40 wins, right? Instead, we're already at 50 wins. We've set ourselves up so well that yes, injuries are likely to happen. That just happens. But when they do happen, and hopefully they are, you know, not in September, I agree, but the you know, when they happen, we can weather the storm pretty easily because a we have depth, which is just one thing. Do you that think I,
1: you're ever achieving it all? No.
2: I with, think. This I is, mean, you
1: guys talked about the 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 pitch and rotation at the beginning of the year. You were concerned.
2: I was never concerned. All right, so do I. Th- let me let me answer the first question. Do I think yeah. we're overachieving? No, and the reason I say no is because to me, this is what this team looks like when they're healthy. We haven't, you know, and, and I say that because look at the last couple seasons with you know when you've had Stanton and Judge and Lemayu, right you haven't really had all these guys healthy. And then you added Donaldson who, even though he's a strikeout machine and so is Joey Gallo, they're still contributing when they need to. And even with Aaron Hicks, not playing well, he's still contributing. He's starting to heat up. Right. So you basically have Stanton, LeMay when he plays judge Rizzo, and sometimes Torres again, when he plays. So you have four or five guys, depending on who's playing. Right. This is what this team can be, and they're finally showing it because they're all playing. But in the last couple of years, we didn't have that. So, to I think to, to, to summarize, do I think we're overachieving? No, we're just having all our guys healthy together. And then the pitching rotation, again, it's not even fully healthy, which is the crazy part. Domingo Hamon oh. who I don't know what's going to happen when he comes back from his suspension they've I've heard rumors that he may go to the bullpen and I'd totally be okay with that cuz you know the way things are working things are really looking good I mean top to bottom that you know that rotation has played really really well um, and Chapman is out and I don't miss him right now because he's become such a liability I prefer somebody like Chad Green probably being our closer at this point with the way he plays. That's just my opinion. Again, Herman could totally be a closer if they went down that road, um, but yeah, I, I'm happy with this rotation. I do think they are the ones that are overachieving, but the offense, which is a lot of why we've won, is not overachieving. I think it's finally no. hitting the groove at, that we expected to see. So for so many years,
0: look at run differential. I mean, unbelievable. Yeah. You know. They are, I think it's 140 something ones. It's unbelievable. Uh, plus 140. They would, they're they better than some divisions. And I'm not even talking about taking teams that are negative in the division. Just stay with the numbers that are positive. Multiple right. teams, they're better than. Right. You, know, you could go across Major League Baseball. You have to take two or three first place teams to, to get to where they are. The Yankees are at 145, right? If you go.
1: But there's the no Mets, way they keep that up with that pitching. There's no Mets, way that pitching. The Mets,
0: out. Houston, and Minnesota don't even, don't even match that. They're just above that. You know, it's, it's insane. The only other team above 100 are the Dodgers at 114.
2: Right. You know, I mean, so. and, and John, here's the thing about this uh, this pitching rotation. There, to me, are probably – there's two guys that I would call – Elite level, like I, and I, when I say that, I trust them to pitch consistently well throughout the entire season. And for me, those with you know the guys going into the season were Garrett Cole, and assuming that you know he's healthy, he gets back to form, which he is starting to. Luis Severino, those are two guys. They have, one is one is Cy Young, both have been up for the Cy Young. They're great pitchers. That was never a question. I thought those guys would be good. The guys I felt that could be really good were Tyone and Montgomery. Those are both pitchers that have played really well this season. I think Tyone is finally pitching at what we hoped he'd pitch at. He's pitching a little better maybe, but we figured he'd be about, I would say about an average of a 3 to 3-2 ERA, probably. I think that was kind of the expectation. His ERA is a 2-7, so he's maybe a little bit above what we expected in expectations, but again, pitching well. And then Montgomery, kind of the same vein. I figured he'd be around that same spot And he he's at the same spot as Montgomery. He's at a two seven two, so you know pitching very well. Nestor Cortez for me is the big standout, and I I really hate
1: that mustache.
2: Oh, don't dare talk about it! It's the worst
1: mustache I think
0: I've ever seen. Uh, I'm gonna go with John on this one. It's not
2: pretty. I love the look, but I will tell you this. George Steinbrenner is rolling over in his grave right now, looking at that, because oh, yeah. he was Mister. You are clean shaven, or you don't play for a short hair, clean shaven. That's the end of this.
1: That's, you sound. You sound like I, abso- what he would sound like.
2: Absolutely. To. But anyway, b- back to Cortez real quick. When your four pitcher has your best ERA, he he's a one nine four, and and to me that is just unbelievable. He's pitched so much better. But the thing is, even if his ERA jumped to a high two you still have these guys all pitching really well i I think they've just really something's clicking this year and i don't know what it is but i'm loving it and the offense is there there's no question the offense is really clicking things have gone basically perfect if you're the yankees
1: yeah scary
2: yeah and that's that's the thing it's scary because like i said i meant that's
1: like Almost like too good to be true. It sounds like it does. Listen,
0: I, I still don't think they're going to win the World Series. They're not. They're to me. They're not made for postseason baseball. I said that before this. Before the season, I'm going to say that now. With having 50 wins, the fourth best record to 50 wins ever, I still don't think we'll win the World Series. I don't think we have a, a true ace. I, I don't see it. Garrett. Garrett. Whatever his name is. Schmoll, <laughs> uh, Spider Tack. You know.
1: Garrett um, I'm not,
0: not, not going to wear the Houston Astros cap when the World Series is over that we lost because he's a loser, but that's besides the point. And I see, <laughs> see, John, this is something you need to take into your game, talking bad about guys on your team. It'll yes. elevate you yeah, to the next level. Yeah, I need level. to just
1: dump on my own team. I, right. It'll,
0: I would, it'll I mean, elevate not, you are, to the
2: next level. You know what, John? When it's the truth, you cannot avoid it.
1: So you're saying it's, he's right?
2: No, but if that's what he believes to be the truth, then you have to say So it's that's not the point. truth.
1: If, just it because is he opinion
0: believes it is. to be it's, the truth doesn't
2: it's, mean it's That's JB's truth. It's, I disagree
0: with that. It. It's, it's in my opinion the truth, and I, I'll stand exactly. by it.
2: That's what I mean. That's just your opinion,
1: that's not the and truth. That doesn't when, mean that, what I'm
2: saying, to when I say it's the truth, when when you believe something to be true, even if it's bad it, about your team, you've got to face the facts. So,
1: so JB just uh, lives uh, in his own little world, is what you're saying. Well, so do you,
2: John. What's your point now? Well, the Houston... And when the
0: Astros got bounced, and Garrett Cole wouldn't wear the Astros hat in the locker room, and he did the press conference in that crazy hat—that's facts. We all saw that, right? So he's—he's he's not a team player. He pitched horribly after the whole um, change that you couldn't use the spider attack. You a know, a lot of you know, pitchers know, did. Yes, but you know,
2: but it him was him really noticeable with a guy like him because he right. was. Oh yeah, because of his salary. Yeah. So right, exactly. He's paid so much and so much. is expected So,
0: him. so I mean. Even though it's my opinion of him, he may be the nicest guy in the world. I've never met Garrett Cole. And maybe one day I'll have the opportunity to sit down and interview him. And maybe my opinion of him as a person will change. But, but as a team. guy to lead, lead my team, I don't want him. There oh. are many other guys out there I would take.
2: He's not That's a fair. winner. Is what I saying. think for me, I, I don't know. Pick, if I had to pick any pitcher to lead my team right now, I don't care how old he is. Justin Verlander is my choice 100 times out of 100. Man's just a. I, Look, I, I you can no. say, oh, well, all those years in Detroit. I don't want to hear it. It's I'm going to take the guy I hate most.
0: It's the guy it's somebody I hate worse than Garrett Cole? And then Matt is. Scherzer. Matt Scherzer. He is the most annoying guy out Fair. there, but he has I, the heart. He has the heart of a champion.
2: They both do, and that's yeah, he reminds why. me take, of
1: Tom Brady on the mound. Like they, he they, just they is both. such I, a
2: competitor. I would, I would say truly, Scherzer and Verlander are in a league of their own, and then there's basically everybody else. I think That's that is fair, and 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 you may choose one over the other, and there's nothing wrong with picking either of them. But I just they are so, it's they, they've been playing so long and so purely just dominant on the. You know, it's ironic. So many years,
1: they started out on the Tigers together.
2: Yeah, yes, I know. They did. <laughs> yes, you know they what, did. It, it's John. It's like uh, you know, the old Oklahoma City Thunder where you had James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Russell Westbrook. It's the same thing. All I these mean, when we're talking about winners,
1: win I don't necessarily associate winning with James Harden, Russell Westbrook, no, or Kevin Durant. But
2: that's not what I'm. But what I am saying is, elite talent together at the same time, and it doesn't produce winning, which is the point. So it, it's funny you say that because you're right. You're absolutely right that they were, uh, and it reminds me of that. But speaking of winners, uh, I think we got to talk about this because we kind of started to open the show with it, and I am very happy. Because there's some NHL awards to announce. And, uh, you know, John, your, you last year you were very upset. Your goalie didn't win the Vezina. Two years
1: in a row I'm upset.
2: But you know what, John? You know who's not upset? This guy right here. Because his goalie, who rightfully earned it, and I think that's something we would all truly agree on, won the Vezina. Igor Shostakovich is your 2022 Vezina Trophy winner as the best goalie. He was unbelievable, and I gotta tell you. Now I know they. Well, let me rephrase that. I know they're not supposed to, and I don't know what the voters. I mean, they, they can't, but they you know they they or they shouldn't. They probably don't. But if you had to include the postseason, I think it's all the more reason to pick Shostak. Now, obviously, you're not allowed to pick. The po- you know postseason doesn't count. I understand, right. and and that's fine. It's regular season, but Shostak truly was. One of the best goalies in the league, and you would have had a chance at the Vezina, John, but injuries—that is the yeah, only reason. Yeah, Anderson I think.
1: got hurt and didn't get to finish and, out the season,
2: right? And I think if he played the rest of the season, he yeah, might have been chance, up there yeah. and had a chance. But injuries happen, and that's the only reason he doesn't get that chance. Yeah, but I got—I got to be honest with you, I—at least for me, and this is not just because I'm a Rangers fan. You know, I'm very honest about my team. As you guys saw, I was very honest in not picking them for the Stanley Cup Finals or even in the Eastern Conference. Finals. And that's Listen, happens, I was, I was very They
0: played very good right. at the end. And I give Jake a lot of credit because right. a lot of times it's just easy to go with your team. I'm not a exactly. Ranger fan. And right. I went with momentum. You know, they had something. They had heart. Listen, they played a hell of a series. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm actually – I was I enjoyed watching him. I look yeah. forward to next year. You know, I'm an Islander but, fan. I, I want to see a good rivalry. So you Hopefully should hate the range.
2: Yeah, but hold on. All right, back to that real quick. Hold on. Back to that real quick. My point was I can be very honest about my teams and it sometimes hurts. This is one of those times where I was very honest, but there was no question Igor Shesterkin was the Vezina trophy winner. I, he was the best goalie, in my opinion, for so many he was just you know unbelievable all year and he carried this team and I I'm the first to admit it. it was a good team but you put almost any other goalie and they don't oh, even come this
1: they don't beat the penguins
2: right they they oh, don't put, they don't amazing. even come close to being as good as they were in the regular season which is obviously what the Vesna is about i i couldn't be more proud um, Daryl sutter just won coach of the year jack adams um yeah but you know no but he does deserve it and i'll tell you why because he took a terrible flames team and he made them really good. The emergence of Jacob Markstrom playing, you know, at the Vezina Trophy finalist level as well. He was also a great finalist who deserved to be up there. You may not like it, but it made sense to me at least, just because of the you know. You could have gone. I could have said similar things about Gerard Gallant. He was up in the you know.
1: You probably would have went Panthers, yeah.
2: But, but, but right, but but I'm saying Rangers head coach Gerard Gallant is up how, there. As wait, well.
1: how did the Panthers not get? I mean, they won the, their coach won the president's trophy.
2: The yeah, but you know what? I think it's because the Panthers, they, they were, weren't great.
1: Nobody the expected
2: players, them to be the best team in the league. No, but they I were, the you knew they'd be a playoff unexpected. team. But my thing is this you knew in 2020, going into 2021, that they, uh, or rather going to 2022, excuse me, that they would be a playoff team again. So, the logic is this, in my opinion, that, you know, that they're probably using, right? You have the Flames, who were terrible last year, to the Flames now, who really improved. Phenomenal team this year. Versus the Panthers, who were good last year, to the best team this year. But last year, they were still good. So it was the improvement was different, if that makes sense. I'm it's not just saying, hard for
1: me not to pick the Panthers. No, and I get they had it. Had the best record in the league, and best record by a mile.
2: I'm I'm not advocating for one way or the other. I'm just saying yeah. that's my guess as to what they're yeah. thinking, which is a non-playoff I, I team became too. a playoff team, which I usually sways that. coaches or voters. And they not only became a playoff team; they
0: were actually a pretty good playoff team.
2: Right. Exactly. That's that's kind of the point. That's that, that that's my my thought process is what on what they did. It doesn't mean it's right or wrong. It's just my guess as to what happened. That's ah, okay. But,
1: you said logic and then you know, NHL and logic don't really go you're, together. You're very right about that. So,
2: you're very right about that. And speaking of the NHL, I, I don't want to go through all the awards. We don't need to. It's
1: it, it's The take, important ones. Who won MVP?
2: Uh, Austin Matthews.
1: Now, of course. Which, well-deserved. 60-goal again, season, of course.
2: And again, does the team do anything in the playoffs? No, but it doesn't matter. It's all about the regular season. And he was – very deserving it. Uh, Kale McCarr won the Norris for the best defense. Uh, you know, I don't think that was... Didn't
1: deserve it. Why? Who deserved it? I mean, the best defenseman is ours. He deserved I it. I
2: disagree. I think <laughs> Victor Hedman was better than anybody, but that's fine. But anyway, doesn't matter. I'm just listing some of them. But anyway, not the point. Um, you know, I, I agree with you mostly, m- most importantly about... MVP. That was, in my opinion, never. A Yo,
1: th- th- there's no way you can pick against a guy that had yeah. 60, goal He's just 60, like, you have 60
2: goals. six. If 60 goals. That's just unbelievable. It's
1: been a long time. I think Alex Ovechkin was the last time we had a 60 Probably.
2: goal. Probably. And that
1: was a long time ago.
2: But Anyway, but I wanted to talk about the Stanley Cup finals because, JB, I don't think we ever got your thoughts on the Stanley Cup final because you were uh, not here, but... John, what was your pick? I don't recall. I know I picked lightning in six. I picked I Avalanche
1: I picked... in six.
2: Okay. So John, uh, talk to me. Cause because so far you're on the 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 winning side, if you will. Your your outcome is the most likely based on everything we've seen.
1: What happened in game three is exactly what I thought would happen at some point in this series to the Avalanche. The goaltending it wasn't gonna hold up forever. Yep. Darcy Kemper was eventually going to crack. And It makes sense. It happened on the road. Tampa Bay's at home. Their backs against the wall. If they lose that game, it's it's the game. That's when it's completely over. Right. So that I I thought that eventually Kemper would crack and Tampa so, Bay would get back in it. I still I think Tampa Bay wins Game Four, and then I think the Avalanche just roll in Game Five and then carry kind of like the Golden State Warriors did, carry that momentum into Game Six and finish it all.
2: We will talk about that. Shortly, Um, yeah.
0: I I mean, this is going to be scary. I'm going to agree with John. I think he was spot on. You know, I I think that the Avalanche took care of home ice. They, the Lightning, backs against the wall, played a great game. You know, they destroyed them last night. And you know, I think that game four will be a lot closer than it was. And you know, I think Tampa Bay is going to pull it out. And then I think. You know, the Avalanche went 5 and 6, and that'll be it. But it'll be a good series.
2: For me, I think Game 4 is going to decide the series. And it's not just about who wins it. For me, it's going to be the play that we see in Game 4. And the reason I say all this is because one simple thing. The Avalanche played two great games at home where they just absolutely had their way. The Lightning finally adjusted in Game 2, reminiscent of the Rangers series. So far, and again, this is not to make it back to my team, but it's the most recent series they played, and it's the exact same scenario. This so this is why, no, but this is why, to me, Game 4 is going to be so pivotal. Same thing in the Rangers series. Rangers win two good games at home. Things look great. Everything's rolling their way. They go into Tampa, and things just go haywire. If. But
1: no offense to your Rangers. No, no, They're no, not but on the level of the NFL
2: no, charge. but, but. The basic concepts of the game are the same, which is this. Game four is going to be very crucial because I need to see something out of Tampa if they have any chance in the series. I don't care whether they win or lose. That's not what I'm worried about. I need to see if they, A, can continue making the adjustments that they were making in game three and why they were able to dominate so well. B, how do the avalanche respond Because in the Rangers series, the Rangers, again, this is where I'm honest about my team, they responded horribly. They were terrible. The Lightning played the way they wanted to, and the Rangers had absolutely no way of figuring them out. So my thing is this. if Even if the Avalanche lose this game, that's not what I'm worried about. It's about how they can adjust. Because Andre Vasilevsky was a brick wall last game. Now, I understand he let up two goals. But he made some phenomenal saves and he was basically unstoppable for most of that game. And the thing is going to be can the Avalanche adjust not to win, but to to make the plays they want to get their style of play down? And even if they lose the game, can they establish their play? because if they can establish their play, they have a chance. But if they can't establish their play, I am sticking with the lightning to win it because if the lightning get their foot you know get their heels dug in they win again at home, and they establish their play, the Avs can kiss their series goodbye. I, because, don't, I
1: disagree. I, I completely because disagree. I'm because you, you still have Game 5 in your pocket I, that's for the Avs. And fine. then you still have a Game 7 if it goes to that at but, home but in but your my pocket. Cons, my so concern is worried. this.
2: If the Avs can't adjust, they will be in trouble. Because the Lightning, you cannot give them momentum. They are no. like back-to-back defending champs for a reason, and this is the hardest team they faced of their three straight years. Yep. No question, it's not even close. But what I saw in Game Three was much better. They looked great, of course, they but they
1: had to have that and, Jake. Like if that no, doesn't I'm not happen,
2: just, but hold on, is over. hold on. Let me finish. Let me finish. But my point is, they played great defense. They made crisp passes. Colorado couldn't catch up to them. Couldn't figure them out. That's why game four is so pivotal, because if Tampa continues to do this, they're going to establish their game against Colorado, and Colorado's going to be in trouble, especially with the bad goalie. But if Colorado, even so much as plays, you know, can play well, even if they lose, but they can establish their game a little bit more on the road, I give all the momentum to them, despite what happens on the final score. That's my point. JB, because do you buy
1: into the notion that – these that it carries over game to game like that or no?
0: So with my thinking, especially in a playoff series, you know, momentum is huge. Especially with travel. You know, you're up to nothing. You have to you have to come out and show something when you didn't show something in game three. If you come out flat two games in a row on the road, you lost the series. It's not gonna happen where you just are flat and you come back right. and wait. It doesn't work that way. And, and real back-to-back games.
2: to your point, to that, because I'm, I don't know if, John, you're thinking this, so I want to nip it in the bud. Here's the thing about that. In game one, the Lightning did look good. They, they, they were able to get on the board. They played well. They, you know, it was an overtime game. It was an impressive game. Game two was really bad. Game three, they looked great again. I admit the Avalanche looked better in games one and two. Especially game two, but they were the better team in game one. But at least the lightning showed me something in game one. So my thing has got to be: can the lightning show me something again at home? Because the way the series has gone, Lightning looked solid in game one on the road. They looked terrible in game two on the on the road. The lightning looked great at home in game three. Avalanche looked terrible in game three on the road. So, the Avalanche needs to prove that they can play on the road. That's my thing. Because, at least for the Lightning, despite losing game two badly, at least game one, they proved they could play against this team and keep up with them on the road. I need to see that the Avalanche can do the same thing on the road. That's where I'm, that's my main concern here. If the Avalanche, again, it's not about winning, it's about how they play. If it's kind of like game one, where they keep up with the Lightning, and even if they lose, they've shown me enough that I can feel confident. That's, the only, that's, that's
0: the, only important team, the only team that it's a must win for a game for the lightning. Right. But, you know, if exactly. for Colorado, if they show, show a flat again, that's it. They're done. You're not going right. to play two flat games in a row in the Stanley cup finals. and Expect to have a shot to win. You know, you have to come out. You have to show something. It's put up or shut up. You want to get the cup. You, you got to play.
2: Right. And, and, and look, I'm not saying the Avs can't because the Avs are a great team and actually throughout these playoffs have been an incredible road team. So if anything, I actually expect them to come out and play well, and I am going to be very very honest and candid about this that I actually expect the Avs to win the series now. With what I've seen from them, I think they're winning the series, but they do need to show me something in game four because if they can't win on the road, it's going to be a problem because the Lightning will find a way to win on the road. That's what they do.
1: Something we did not mention is, I mean, the guy that's leading the NHL in goals this playoffs did not play game three. This is true. The Avs. Nobody talked about that. That's fair. When you lose a when you lose a guy like that for a road playoff game in the Stanley Cup, that's uh, that's a big loss. So we'll see if he can come back game four. That would be a huge addition because you don't want to lose a guy that's produced as well right. as that. But here's the other has. thing
2: to, to your point about injuries, Tampa looks like Braden point is coming back. It, I, it wasn't last game, but it looks like game four is a real possibility. If not game five, which is the other thing that I, why I need to see something from Colorado, because yes, they're leading the series, but Tampa can storm back like nobody's business. It's part in the pun, right? They, they, They are very, very good.
1: And I don't think, I mean, unless you really watch hockey, I don't think people understand how important Braden Point is to that team. Oh, he's huge. He is huge to that team. He may not be the highest point scorer, may not be a guy like that, but he is huge to what they do offensively. So that would be a gigantic addition. But I think the loss, I think Colorado's loss is bigger. But I hope that... I hope that he comes back for Colorado's sake because with him, I I just don't think Tampa Bay can beat him. But without him, depending on how long he's out, Tampa Bay has a real shot at catching them game to game.
2: You know what I mean? No, I agree. But I think the other thing is if you get Braden point back, even if Colorado gets their guy, everything's going well. If Braden point comes back, it changes the entire game. Because not only is he a great center in terms of the faceoff dot, not only is he an incredible playmaker, but he also can play some, some, some good defense. He's good yeah. at playing defense. He does it all. Yeah. He's a very good two-way forward, and he's a great center, like I said, in the face-off dot. It doesn't mean that they can't keep up with him. That's not at all the point. But to give Tampa more firepower, more ability to play, is not what you need. And that's why I want to see something from Colorado because Colorado needs to show me something on the road because I at least have seen something from Tampa on the road at this point. So,
1: that's we, the saw, biggest thing. so we saw something from a certain golden state team on the road. They yeah. went in one game six and they are NBA champs. So let's talk sure a little are. bit about, let's talk about this, uh, yeah. This Golden you State team, let's talk about the NBA Finals. Let's talk about how annoying yeah. Draymond Green is, and he can't shut his mouth after he won the finals, averaging you know less than yeah. 10 points. But you know what? Game.
2: And John, real quick, you proved my point though, right? Why that, was I confident in the Warriors? Not only did they think they were the better team, they showed me something on the road. They showed me that even though they lost at home, because the Celtics showed me something on the road, Warriors showed me something on the road, and I felt they were the better team, they won, and they deserved to win. Steph Curry, your MVP, I like it. I, I, you know, I don't like it. Yes. I love it. I am elated and I'm gonna ask I'm gonna ask a question. and a lot of people have debated this with this win. where do you put Steph Curry in your rankings of all-time players? because he was up there already. I know he was in a lot of people's lists as one of the greatest of all time but he wins a fourth title. He has as many as LeBron at this point. His finals record is better than LeBron. Not that that is everything, but I'm just saying as a whole, it is. It is better than LeBron's now. And I'm not asking you to put above him, but I'm just asking, where do you rank Steph Curry on your all-time list? I know it's a tough question, but he's got to be up there as one of the greatest of all time. Outside the top
1: 10. Just outside the top 10. Okay. Somewhere it's, between it's ten tough.
0: and fifteen. Yeah, I think you got to go there. I mean, you know, if you, it's hard to put them anywhere closer.
2: So let me let me ask you this because I've heard some debates and I'm I'm not on either side particularly. I'm just you know I'm not asking because I'm on one side or the other. But I've heard no, some debates here. between Kobe versus Steph. That's as not even
1: close, as, oh, he doesn't come close to Kobe Bryant.
2: Okay, because a lot of people say Kobe doesn't even belong, you know, some people are saying Kobe is a little bit overrated because no. yes, you know, no, no, they say it because, well, now that he's passed away, we view him in a different light. He was always a great top player, no doubt. But now everybody's like, "Oh, he's got to be in your top ten because he's passed away." Uh, no, I'm not saying I, this. I always
1: had Kobe Bryant. Right. Uh, oh, I always, I, I, I'm not a prisoner of the moment guy. I mean, no, I, I'm a guy that I'm going to rate them based on what I think. I already have, I already had my mind made up of what I thought of where Kobe was at, you know, before he passed yeah. away. Like, you know what I mean? He was already retired, so it wasn't like he was going to play any more basketball right. and change things. True. So you know what I mean? It wasn't yeah. like he was trying to get more rings. I had Kobe in my ten, top ten, and I still do. I, I don't think Curry. I said this last night on the sports arena. I said I love Steph Curry. I love what he's done for the game. He's the greatest shooter we've ever seen. Oh, but no he's doubt. but he's not a point he's not a true point guard. He doesn't distribute the ball like a point guard. He doesn't play great defense. He plays pretty decent defense. Right. Like there's nothing about Curry that puts him above LeBron James or Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant or Wilt Chamberlain or guys like that. Right. That I'm not saying Steph is just a score. No, of course I'd be wrong, but But that's what I just don't think he does enough. You know what I mean? Like when you look at LeBron James, you're not, you can say like, this guy does everything. When you look at Kobe Bryant, this guy does everything. When you look at Michael Jordan, this guy does everything. Like, I don't say that about Steph. He does a lot of great things. I don't, I, like, you know what I'm I mean? Waiting. Like, he doesn't come close for but me. But before you talk
0: guys. about his defense, if you look back, now this I know from Daily Fantasy because I would play Daily <laughs> Fantasy ridiculous. Of course you do. Oh, we so know. Steph and the Golden State Warriors, front court and back court, they're guards. Unbelievable defense. You would never think, you know, that their defense was that good. They, they shut down point guards and shooting guards. It was insane. They were always right towards the bottom 10 year, year after year. So before you go on Steph's D, you got to rethink that one. He, you know, he's very underrated. He, you know, he doesn't get a lot of credit for things he does. He's not flashy. Everyone always thinks, all Steph could just shoot. He does a lot more than that.
2: And Steph takes shots he knows he can make. That's the one thing I've noticed about him. And he doesn't yeah. just well, you, throw it yeah. up. And their
0: teams, the reason why they would, you know, shut down teams, they would just get out to huge leads and destroy yeah. them. And you know, there was no way to to game prep. They can't stop it if you double team him. Play would take over. You know, then they got Durant, and it became ridiculous. Then Durant left, and you know, other guys stepped up. But Draymond yeah. is just the annoying, vocal. Leader oh, we'll of talk the about team. him in a minute. You know, right. but. It's just, it's a very good team concept that Mark Jackson definitely set up that team for success. Steve Carr, like he did with the Bulls, stepped up and took all the success yep. that he doesn't deserve.
2: Yeah. I, I, I do have one other question uh, I want to throw to you, too, because I'm sure you've heard this before. Steph's legacy to, to some people, um, I don't know that tainted is the right word, but they felt, no, 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 no. no. You'll understand what I mean. They felt like, oh, well, you know, he won one ring without KD, but then he won two with KD. So how you know how much do those championships weigh? And I'm not saying that's what you ever thought. I'm just saying this is public spaces and you know in the sports world. I know I've heard it plenty of times. People are like, oh well, Steph only won those championships because he had KD, and you know, and and what they mean is because he had KD on top of the team he already yes. had with this win do you did, you know and, and not that you feel that you know you were ever the but do you think it helps move him away from that legacy that some people have painted for him that you know KD was the reason those teams won and that no Steph Clay and as much as we may not like him Draymond are the reason that they won most of those championships and they are you know they are they are the core guys and they deserve a lot of the credit
0: what KD. did KD what did KD do without Steph so there's my answer to that. Yeah. KD hasn't won anything without Steph. Steph won prior to KD and after KD went on to his next super team, which has won zero. Because that's, that's my team, the Brooklyn Nets. They are the most disappointing team in the world. So, you know, I'm not going to knock Steph. He doesn't decide who, who sides with the team. Of course. He just goes out there and plays his game. I have nothing wrong with that. You know, LeBron brought in Anthony Davis. That was going to be his savior. That's the way Look, the NBA Anthony Davis, is. Right do you now. mean Glass Joe? Exactly. So <laughs> well, we're not. Well, also, we can't. We can't take anything away from Steph for that. Also, that Steph. Subject.
1: Steph was incredibly unselfish when KD came. He let KD be the number one guy on the team, and he was incredibly unselfish. So, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like when Wade, when LeBron came to the Heat, Wade was incredibly unselfish letting LeBron, you know what I mean, take over the team and be the number one guy. Like, that's a lot of – you got to put your pride aside to let somebody else do that on your team. Steph did that for the Warriors – Because he is a team player, he's all about the team. It's always been that way. I love that. That's why he's a guy that can go and win championships. Part of the reason is he's incredibly unselfish. KD is not that guy. He's complete opposite in my opinion. I I, I think think it speaks
2: volumes about Steph. I agree.
1: So, I mean, and and none of this is a knock against Steph. If you put him in the top five or you put him in the top 15, it's not a knock on him. There's so many amazing players, Magic Johnson, Kobe, LeBron, MJ. Like, there's so many great players around that area that it's like –
0: That's just the modern era. I mean, there's still other guys you got to look. you you put Steph
1: 12 or 6, does it really matter? Because all them players are, like, absolutely amazing, you know, that are up there. So it's not a knock on Steph. Like, it's really – Ray Lynn said this last night. It's really apples to oranges when you make that point because – all those spots are some amazing spots and those absolutely. are some absolutely fantastic players. Yeah. So it's no knock because I mean, LeBron and, and MJ and Kobe are just freaking awesome.
2: And right. Guy, you're, and guys you're, like that. Yeah. You're, you're not going wrong with any of them because yeah. of just how incredible they were. I'd it's guess. just who,
1: what no. your opinion is. Basically. Yeah. It's just your opinion. And, I mean, the- and
0: I mean. you're only talking about modern guys. You're not talking, you know, go back a little further. Dr. J who was unbelievable. Will, absolutely. And then go back even further to wilt, you know, no. Kareem. I mean, so, how does one make a list like that and really be objective? And yep. you know, I think it's tough.
2: I think one thing that you can say is that Steph is the second best player, probably of this generation. And I say that because I put Kobe as the past generation, not this one. He's right. he's okay. the generation right before LeBron. So I'm saying yeah. LeBron and Steph. It's fair to group them in the same generation, even though they right. started at different times. But they've been playing a lot of years along. The same of course years. you're gonna put LeBron right.
1: above right
2: but, 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 but I wanted to clarify that I'm saying Kobe is just the generation before right. like just, I, I just based on when he that. started so he's probably what I would say the second best player of this generation obviously behind <laughs> LeBron and is one of the greatest players of all time. no doubt he I mean you know when you talk about stuff he's done it all and that's the thing. He has all the hardware he could possibly want between championships, MVPs, he's a great teammate, he's a great leader, he's got the all-time three-point record because he's a great shooter, he's a you know, solid defender, you know, he, he can play the defense, but again, are you solid as opposed to a great or an incredible because he's not the same on, on that side of the ball, but he does it all. And, you know, I think the thing that it's an intangible, it's things like LeBron, guys like LeBron, guys like Kobe, they all did it, when they're on the court, They make all their teammates play better simply because they're on the court, and teams have to watch them, so they allow their teams to be able to win. That's something that Steph will always have, Um, and and I think I think that truly Steph and Clay may be one of the best shooting tandems we have ever seen.
1: I think they're the best. I think they may be. And shooting tandem we've ever seen.
2: I I also. It's it's possible. I don't want to say yes for sure because. You know, th- maybe who, what, totally... what
1: shooting, like what pair of guards? My point is, I was just going to say, would you ever very, put above?
2: There's a very good chance we're forgetting somebody that we say, oh, well, maybe let's compare them. I just, I never say definitively, but I agree with exactly what you're saying. Like they are so incredible together. Shout out,
1: shout out to Lindsay. Uh, Lindy Endzone, uh, he's part of the Sideline Sports
2: Network, yes, he, not he, a
0: Lindsay Tart, but <laughs> <Lindy Endzone. laughs>
1: they do the uh LinkedIn podcast. So, we want to make
2: sure you're an Eagles them, fan, Sideline like Eric's, go watch them,
1: him and James Tatum. Absolutely, so we wanted to make sure I shout that out, yes. But, um, yeah, I, I also wanted to go back to your other point about Steph Curry winning before KD, winning during yeah, KD, absolutely. winning after KD. I think I don't think it changes anything in my mind because I always thought that. I agree. I mean, I've seen Steph Curry do so many amazing things. It's like if this guy won zero championships, I would still think still the same thing I there. think of him. I would still think the same thing because right. what he's done, he doesn't have to have, in my opinion, it's just my opinion, he doesn't have to have championships to justify his no. spot as I mean, one of the greatest players look of all at, time. Uh,
2: look at because, Patrick Ewing. Patrick Ewing is <laughs> one of the greatest Basketball players, especially of his generation, but what I'm saying with Curry is yeah, like saying, night in
1: and night out, this guy yeah. does something before right. games. Yeah. He does stuff that's like amazing. Oh, I've like seen it stuff we've never seen before. Well like he doesn't have to have these championships, but the championships help. That's nice. Of course. But I just think it shuts up the naysayers and the doubters. they are always gonna be. Whenever he wins without Kate after KD, that's like, okay, here you go. Shut it's your proof mouth. that the
2: man could win there no matter what. He Sorry, JB. Really, he really is that. Oh, no, I
0: mean, listen, if you don't respect Steph Curry as one of the, the greatest basketball players, you got issues. You not you're not watching the same game I'm watching. I agree. You, really, you know. Listen, I don't like LeBron. I'll sit here and tell you he's the best that I, I've seen in this generation. What Hands down, right. You, know, you don't have to like somebody for to respect what they could do.
1: Yeah, you I mean, know? if you ignore it, that's just—I mean, that's just lazy you're analysis. You're just choosing I to think. ignore. Yeah, that's just lazy yeah. analysis, or you're just a I hater know. or something. Right, I don't right. know, but yeah. All
0: right, you know, I want—I want to start a new segment real quick. I want to—I <laughs> want to start um, the around sideline sports segment because a lot of people watch us on DBTV, and they—they they don't realize all the other great shows we have.
2: Well, JB, so, hold on. What's I mean, this DBTV you speak of? Because yeah, I know DBA well, Television. What's this DBTV?
0: So DBA TV has <laughs> been rebranded DBTV. So make sure you go to dbtv.tv TV. and check out all the great shows. But I, I want to do. I want to talk about sideline sports and some of the great shows we have. You know, jobs on sports arena. I got confidential. We got. all want a show. But let's start with. You know. The Gary and Stein Show, which broke amazing news this week. John, what news did Detroit and Will break?
1: Well, they broke the uh, Trey Wayne's retiring news. It was actually, um, it was actually picked up by Ian Rappaport. It was picked up by all these major news outlets. NFL.com. dot uh, yeah. They all of them were playing it on, you know, on, and I think it was on NFL Total Access. It NFL
2: was everywhere. Live. You
1: name it. It was it's everywhere. Fair. And now, picked up and they got case, their recognition.
0: In case that even doesn't realize how hard that is. You know, all of our shows, unless you're watching live, and Will and Troy don't actually do their show live just yet. It was taped, so they were sitting it, on this news for a couple on what, of days. Like a Friday or a Thursday. Yeah, they taped it on, I think Friday, and yeah. it dropped on Monday. So I want to give them big props for that, and congratulations. Yeah. So let's start with them. Now let's yeah. go to um, you know the the LinkedIn uh, podcast, which you know as a Giant fan, I give I you guys credit. I give you guys <laughs> credit for talking about junk for an you're hour right. a week. You know it's hard to find stuff to talk about when you when you're covering such you're a bad team. Yeah, it's whenever like, I
1: talk about trash, I like to go out to the trash man and just chat with but, him when he's taking my trash away in the morning, Tuesday mornings. I like to talk to him for an hour. I'm just but, messing. I have yeah. no problem with the Eagles. I just like to play off of whatever uh,
0: whatever James, your analogy is. James Tatum and Lindy do a phenomenal job week after week talking about the end zone, uh, the, the Eagles, the which Eagles. I give them credit. I don't know why I didn't even want to talk about the them. Experience. It's painful, but good for them. You know, then, before us, every Tuesday, every Tuesday. So, you know, if you watch it right now, start watching our network at 7.30. You got three chicks in a pot. The only all female show on Sideline Sports with Megan, yeah. Harry and Jen.
2: Very proud phenomenal.
0: That. I mean, we could keep going. I mean, there, there's so much good stuff. If what you're not subscribed network? to what other yeah, sports
1: news, new sports network has a show like that. Like, do you see ESPN with their own podcast where it's all women I talking women about what shows, our not all three women, women talk about? No, oh, you don't see networks like that bringing you content like that. Nope. That's sideline sports. You see That's those three women bring you fantastic content every single week at seven. And, and
2: at Hey, you know, I'll, I'll leave it with this, you know, just cause they bring you sports, you know, updates and, and, and their perspective you know, they, they bring on other people from the sideline network. I mean, today alone, Jordan Long, who was uh, you know messaging or and writing comments in the chat, talking about his abs, he was on the show today. It was, it was on. I, I he was on today. I know he was. It's, and, and Speaking and of Jordan
0: Long, I got to give him big props. Him and Jay for picking up the slack for me the last couple of weeks while I wasn't here. Yeah, Jay yeah. Jay playing JP's uh, goatee and Jordan hosting Confidential. I mean. You know, how great know. is it that when you can't be available to do a show, you have top flight talent to step in and it's like you're not even missed? So I better make sure I'm okay and I'm here 52 weeks a year because, you know, we'll get somebody else in here in a second. And we may have to replace you. It's good. It's pretty good. I
2: agree.
1: Yeah, I mean um, Denzel Snipes. You know him as Denzel Snipes. He's typically you'll see that name. Yeah, you know him as a bunch Jay. of things. But you, yeah, but JB's he's, go He team. was really amazing uh, in <laughs> JB's absence, and and. Filling in for a lot of shows. And we Absolutely. just, we have so many great people in this network. Um, like I've said before, I said last night, it's not just about me or any or you three. Um, we just have so many great people that do great things that put in the hard work behind the scenes that you don't see. Um, and I just want to shout out our team. We just have so many great people and they, they just do a phenomenal job. So I just want Absolutely. to make sure I, I shout them out.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, you know, one of the things I love, you know, is I'll be just relaxing, doing whatever, working on stuff behind the scenes. And I'll see that, you know, we're live. It's like we're live all the time. There's breaking things happen. Yesterday with Troy and Will, you know, when their show came out, news was coming from all over the place. They were getting all sorts of pops um, for yeah. attention, you know, different uh, notifications. I'm very proud of the, with the work that they put in to get that done. You know, and then, you know, the sports arena last night, which was phenomenal. We got the us tonight. We got um, the Pundits Pundit who has his show weekly. Basket pros, if you like old-time basketball, if you like me, and, you know, you missed the 90s when the Knicks were, actually were relevant and they used to play some good, tough basketball, they actually would foul guys, And you know, they wouldn't call it when you get
2: killed.
1: Or you, you wouldn't know. see a guy like – get close to getting elbowed, and he throws yeah. his body and acts like he's oh, playing soccer. Oh, don't even talk about
2: that. It makes me ab- It makes me sick how weak these players are. You,
1: and then you, the refs buy it.
2: I know. Yeah, John, I could go like this. And you're just like, do that. Whoa. And oh, no, I'm flying away. It's <laughs> like, no. It, it just, It's such baloney. I mean, I'd rather say something else, but we're family friendly. But we're we're going to use it's, baloney. It's, it's baloney. It's it's just so stupid. What you know, how they do things. But that's a whole nother can of worms for another time. Real quick, the Gary and Stein we were talking. i we talking about uh, Troy and Will. Gary and Stein's sports show. Look them up. Watch the interview, or rather, listen to the interview. Because I listened to it actually on Sunday. I was coming home. Uh, as I said, John. You know, I, I called John in the car. He was telling me all the stuff. I said, all right, I'm going to go listen to it. Listen to it. It was a great interview. Absolutely phenomenal it was really cool uh you know just enjoyable to listen to Uh, and i'm not just saying that because they're part of our network and or do great things uh you know with in regards to that stuff they they truly are great
1: we're honest you know about our own teams you know we're all honest about our own teams we're honest people forward
2: and i'll i will warn people now it is it is rated m for mature uh Trey, trey does not hold back he he's he's a little bit of a sailor himself i guess uh he was a hunter like, and and he speaks like a sailor at least and yes he is a hunter so be uh advised but the interview itself is is phenomenal troy and will do a great job and obviously uh getting the inside scoop on the retirement or the uh at least the the intent that he is most likely going to retire which is more or less what he's saying is you know I, i'm in my head i'm done uh despite you know he has not officially retired chances are he's retiring Um, And and they got the inside scoop, and I'm very proud of them. So, all right, gentlemen, we are running out of time. Uh, Any last thoughts before we, you know, go around the horn and do our little sign-off here?
0: It's that time of the year where the sports world is crickets chirping, baseball. It's
2: it's slowing down a little bit.
0: You're not a baseball fan. Good luck, because it's going to be a long couple of months till we get back to football. So, start watching hey, the
1: Yankees. We, we got like start a No, Until training camp. Like, what are you training? He yeah, a good point. Like, training, training camp, camp is so. fun. You get the rookies' report. I'm excited about the rookies. I mean, if you saw the Orioles before the Orioles oh. Nationals came tonight, all the rookies from the Commanders and the Ravens were in the press box beside each other. That's cool. But- Orioles and Nationals jerseys, which was pretty a pretty cool picture. So, you know, there's always something fun to You know, what? Yeah, on yeah, yeah. Score you know
0: what? Make sure you're watching all a show because come the middle of July with the Cubs, destroy them in Wrigley. They're gonna they're gonna be crying. But follow me, JB underscore the program. Got Confidential Eleven, South Florida Tribune on Wednesday nights, right here, the NBA Carousel on Monday. What about you, John?
1: Yeah, um Blue Hawks 13 on Twitter, John Shear on LinkedIn, make sure you look me up connected with a lot of great athletes, former athletes, just a great people. Uh, Make sure you check out our YouTube channel. If you're not already Subscribe to our YouTube channel, sideline sports network, and uh, make sure you check out all of our shows Sunday through Saturday. We have shows every single day of the week. So I just want to give love to all all of our
0: people.
2: You guys can find me on Twitter at Jake underscore Malik. You look me up on all my socials. That's my same name, but more importantly, as I do every single week, here's where you can find Sideline Sports: Instagram and Twitter, is Sideline Sport One, YouTube and Facebook is Sideline Sports. We have a group, we have a page, we have it all on Facebook. We are on DBTV. No longer DB&A Television, DBTV. db
1: Television
2: is now Yep, that is the website is DBTV TV. See how easy it is? Nice and easy and smooth. DBTV, formerly known as DBNA, so now it's TV. And the website is dbtv.tv. We're on TikTok. We're on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, everywhere you can find us. Look us up. Search us up. Check us out. Uh, like I always say, come here for the best sports news that you're ever going to get.
0: And, and lastly, before we go, big up to the new of interns who are
2: killing it right now. Absolutely.
0: Glad to have you guys on
2: board. All right. And on that note, everybody, have a good one. And we will see you next time. This is unapologetically fab.
1: An Electric Cast production.
2: See you there. Electric Cast. Welcome to Transforming Forty Five, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices.
1: The